Blog Talk Radio.
Welcome to Black Wall Street USA for Thursday, May 12th. And yes, normally we do start at 7 p.m. We're having a little technical difficulty, but here we are right here again Thursday night. As soon as I can, I will bring the chairman on the air and uh, we'll get the show going. Black Wall Street USA is on the air every Thursday evening, and that is at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Our guest this evening is going to be Asia Butler from Rage, and we look forward to having her on the show. Uh, she probably thinks that we have disappeared, but no, we, uh, we've done almost 100 shows, and we haven't disappeared yet. And normally we get through them, but this evening we're just having a little technical difficulty, and it's on my part of waiting for my system to come up. Now, uh, let's talk about one of the events while the system is taking over the world. Uh, coming up next week, a dialogue with Malcolm X. That's going to be May 19th, right here at the offices of the South Street Journal. That's going to be hosted by Ryan Carter, Chairman of Black Wall Street and publisher and editor of the South Street Journal. A dialogue with Malcolm X. That's going to be a collaboration between South Street Journal and the Black Eyes Project. The producer of the Black Eyes Project, Stanley Williams, uh, the young man is traveling across the country, and he's speaking to professionals, medical professionals, um, business leaders, political leaders. He's speaking to the homeless. Uh, as a matter of fact, he's letting them speak for themselves, the unemployed. He's documenting an exploration of black America in the wake of the Obama presidency. And he will be here next Thursday at 449 East 35th Street. That's between 6 p.m. and 8 p.m. That session will be video recorded. The young man is producing a DVD documentary and a photo book of the Chronicles of Black America. And we're very excited to be a part of that. We look forward to a dialogue with Malcolm X, it should be quite interesting, and we'll have the chairman explain a little bit more about that when we bring him on the air. Let's talk about our guest. Uh, Aisha Butler is with RAGE, that's R-A-G-E, and she will be joining our nationwide community to update us on what's going on in the Inglewood community of Chicago. Who is RAGE? RAGE stands for the Residents of Association a Residents Association of Greater Inglewood, a newly formed residential driven, resident driven association established to build relationships with fellow residents. And they have actually done a tremendous job during this past year. I'm not quite sure that how long they've been formatted, uh, but they are certainly setting the template for other organizations to follow across this country and this nation. Also joining us later on will be Mr. Henry Johnson, an oil and gas consultant with 40 years of experience in the industry. Do you know the true history of Tulsa, Oklahoma? Well, he's going to talk to us about that. He's going to talk to us about what part did oil play in the massacre in Tulsa in 1921. You know, that was one day in May, and this is the month, and we'll talk a little bit more about that later on. But he's also also wants to share with us what is the oil connection between black Americans and African countries. He informed me uh, in our conversation this week there's only one African country 
that does not have oil. So really, people, you know we're rich. You know we're rich. You listen to Black Wall Street USA. I'm Sonia Purdue, founder of CBBN and author of Black America, asking ourselves the tough questions. Let's see if we can bring the chairman on the air. Ron Carter, are you there? Good evening, Sonia. Yes, I am here. Well, glad glad to know that. <laughs> uh, yes. Just a little technical difficulty, but as usual, we make, like in life, just like life, we make it through, and here we are. Uh, we yes, did play we the music at the beginning. Common Ground was there. She was there on time. She was there at 7 p.m. Uh, Kosha and Common Ground started us off. And uh, Chairman, uh, we have a couple people on the line. Uh, Aisha Butler is there. You want to bring her on the air, and then we can talk about what's going on with Black Wall Street later on? Sure. It's my pleasure. Um, I have to say um, I met uh, Ms. Butler when I was running for alderman of the 17th Ward. Uh, matter of fact, I met her husband first walking down the street, passing out literature, and uh, he was uh, passing out literature for the candidacy, and I questioned who he is, he questioned who I am, and then from there I ended up uh, at a uh, political forum in the 17th Ward and got to know um, Ms. Butler and the members of RAGE, in which uh, I can say they filled in a void, and a void that I have become a, a, a part of as well, based on looking at this Inglewood uh, community and Inglewood for our national listeners is one of the most historical communities of uh, Chicago in which it has that that sense of the New Harlem and I believe that Ms. Butler made uh, some comments of the Brooklyn the New Brooklyn of Chicago uh, with that in mind um, uh, Ms. Butler are you there? Yes, I'm here. So, with that slight little introduction that I've been saying, so let me ask you this here. Who are yes. you, and what does this got to do with uh, the new organization uh, named RAGE? Um, so, who am I? That's a, probably a more in-depth question. I'm a resident here of Greater Inglewood. I've basically been here my whole life. My grandmother and grandfather were both here. Uh, my husband is also a resident of the community, and we both grew up here. Uh, we're homeowners. We're landlords. I'm a mom. I'm a wife. Um, I'm an activist, uh, a youth educator, and now this organizer of this newly formed group, um, RAGE. Mm. So uh, you know that you get a lot of eyeballs when they see the the, the name RAGE, uh, and especially with the cloud that's over the Inglewood community. So um, how much does the name itself got to do with the attitude of the organization? Or does um, it? Yeah, well, it's a, it's it's a little bit of both, I would say. I mean, I think if people know Inglewood and know what we kind of deal with, the ills of our community, you can't help but to feel rage. I mean, you should feel some sort of rage looking at the conditions of our community, but um, it's definitely not a, a tone of violence or trying to be um, 
combative with anyone. It's um, a very, as you've met us, we're very civil people, but at the same time we do have to have that passion and that rage to actually do the things that can hopefully improve the conditions of our community. So what has been the focus? Uh, well, to go back just a little bit, um, how long yeah. has Rage been around? Uh, Rage has now been around probably about six months, very, very new. We kind of got together in the fall of last year. Um, and um, at that time, what was happening was the upcoming election. So that was our focus at that time, which was to have these candidate summits so that residents of the greater Inglewood community could be educated and informed on who was running for these offices. Um, because we have six wards here, um, we had to split them up into three separate summits, but it still gave the opportunity for each you know, ward to showcase who those candidates were and what they were going to offer to the greater Inglewood neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So then um, now... The Inglewood community, uh, there's Inglewood and then there's West Inglewood. And really it is one, and if not, uh, compared to, I can't think of another community in Chicago which has a geographical size as Inglewood Mm -hmm. other Mm -hmm. than the maybe the Austin community on the west side of Chicago. And to a certain degree, it may have some similarities based on the social issues and some of the unique housing uh, as well. Mm-hmm. Inglewood have some semi mansions. Well, we no, just like actual, uh, Austin got some, yeah. some nice mansions. So uh, yes, mansions here, not it's actual mansions. You bet a few mansions here. So with that demographics of the west side of, of of Austin, then the south side of Inglewood, uh, here comes rage. But <laughs> Inglewood itself probably have maybe 200 different organizations of social service agencies and <laughs> probably more churches than any community in Chicago. <laughs> so what is all this about? I mean, you get it's the big uh, community, the biggest. Oh, so how do you pull all this together, yeah. and, and with all the social issues that yeah. comes with it? That's 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 a challenge. I mean, that's definitely um, one of the things that Rage looks at is the fact that our community is basically a church town. I mean, that's really what it is. And unfortunately, if it is a church town, you would think that it would be some growth and some development, and people will be um, somewhat saved or at least and and living in better conditions. So the fact that it is a church town, but people are still here in poverty and um, have a feeling of hopelessness is where we think that's where the kind of the change around has to happen, of just changing the perception of what this community really is um, and bringing out those business people and bringing out these other folks who are not not-for-profit and maybe looking to generate some revenue and do some um, economic development here. Mm-hmm. So where is this um economic development uh, coming from? What's that focus for you all? Yeah, well, we hope to really, um, just like we did with RAGE, identify assets in the community who can be uh, the anchor of that economic development. Because we have so many social agencies here, churches here, most people don't look at this community as a place where you could actually build an empire or 
or whatever the case may be. But outsiders see the opportunity, and so they're always coming into our community, building their empires, and really living well off of our $109 million worth of buying power that we have here. Um, so I would say that those people, those individuals, those businesses are here. We just have to start getting them together to be on the same page and start networking to build a, a stronger structure and make it not so much of a church town, but like the Brooklyn of Chicago, which more businesses, more vibrant, more culture, more opportunities. Now, naturally, uh, Black Wall Street has had some uh, expressed some interest in the Inglewood community. Uh, maybe a different reason for other organizations have uh, interest. Uh, there, there is talk of having a, a Black Wall Street district on 69th Street, and I believe you mm-hmm. have brought up the interest of uh, 59th and Halsted. Um, What do you think the impact or how do you feel the the focus of the community of bringing such an entity into the Inglewood community? Um, I think we will definitely need to shift um, some perceptions anyway. I mean, we know that this community is 96% um, black anyway, so it's really black a black district in itself. So how do you make it more of a thriving district or more of an economic district? And I think that's going to be by maybe educating the people and just showing them the value of stimulating this economy in our neighborhood. I mean, we really do need to stimulate our economy. We are a sector that can really function on our own possibly uh, without going out of the neighborhood. And I think when people start kind of realizing that and start putting their um, reinvesting into the community, either by entrepreneurship opportunities or just finding different ways to develop, you know, some economic stability here. I think we'll be on the right track. And and I think saying something like a Black Wall Street and claiming it on 69th Street as well as on 59th Street, I I, I think that is definitely the anchor that we might want to go so that it could be bold and that people could start questioning, what is that? How do I get involved? And I think we need something bold and drastic like that to happen in in Inglewood. Well, um, for your information, (laughs) uh, (laughs) there is some uh, development that is moving. Uh, One of your members, uh, Philip, who has the the concept of opening a, uh, a cafe, yeah. Uh, coffee cafe. Um, we, I think you had a, 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 I think I forgot what you call it. Maybe about a month and a half ago, a round table discussion. Yeah. Right. Solution based. So, yeah, it was a solution based um, forum that you know looked at all the different. You know, instead of just focusing on the ills and talk doing a town hall, we really wanted to solution-based kind of network building atmosphere. So it was real talk with rage, and I was probably about, yeah, back in March. Mm-hmm. Well, and, uh, from that, uh, I definitely was sitting with uh, Philip, and we got to talking. And from that talking in March to this present day, uh, <laughs> yesterday, <laughs> we actually met with the uh well I actually met with the owner of some property on 69th and Green where oh, Philip okay. is going to be opening yes. up the cafe 
and the owner and I are going to be opening up a art gallery. The art gallery. Oh wow! So That's that great is to hear. in motion. <laughs> oh, and I love the, that. And also, for your information, we're looking at opening up our office on 69th and Racine. Oh. And that's South Street Journal, Black Wall Street. So, okay, uh, okay. All right. So now so, Ray's going to have to come to the table and get us an office over there. <laughs> oh, 69th, yeah, they really start this Black Wall Street for real. Right. So that is in motion. Now, okay. why did you look at uh, 59th and Halsted as a Black Wall Street district? Oh, oh, because um, basically it's slated. It's completely um, buildings have been knocked down, so it's completely bare and it's vacant land. And so I just looked at it as another opportunity because it's um, because of the vacant land to build. And in um, this quality of life plan that Liz and a few residents developed a while ago, actually uh, last a few years ago, um, had that district labeled as the 59th Street Shopping District. And so I, that would be great if we can do that again and have it as a, a retail place or either office building or whatever that looks like. Um, it's, it's, it's just this, this land just sitting there. So, um, given the um, the landscape of Chicago, uh, Inglewood, would it be, or do you think it? In, I don't know how to put this out. Would it be another Bronzeville uh, to the point that uh, as Bronzeville had the label similar to Inglewood and now the mm-hmm. there has been still the concern of Bronzeville being regenerification. Mm-hmm. Uh do you think the same thing will happen in the Inglewood community or is there a possibility for that to happen? Um y- yes and I, I I think what Bronzeville is what I like what I see in Bronzeville is that they're still striving to really be, rebuild and revitalize the community. And so um, instead of the gentrification, and, and when we talk about gentrification of, of race or either of classes of people, where I'm thinking gentrification of moderate income could occur here in Inglewood, where more folks will start buying homes and our percentage of homeowners will increase. I do think it can be similar to a Ronsville, if, if not um, better. I, I'm confident that it can it can move forward. Well, I have to um, testify myself based on <laughs> running for uh, alderman that represents the majority, the, the, yeah. the 17th Ward that represents, uh, the majority of the 17th Ward represents Inglewood. Yeah. And speaking uh, to the people, they are looking for a a different uh, focus, a, a different type of uh, direction. Mm-hmm. How can uh, the, I guess the brothers on the corner, how can mm-hmm. they grasp what Rage is doing? Uh, is there a focus there? Or? Yeah, well, because many of the, you know, because the majority of everybody in Rage lives on these blocks and talk to these young fellas or, or, or the young ladies. Uh, we're also involved in a lot of youth development projects. Um, we do want to pull them in. They have the energy, and, I'm, and and if we can get them invested, 
um, I think it'll be even stronger. So we um, just by talking to them, outreach to them, hearing what they see the community as, even being examples to them. I mean, the other day we had a meeting, we had a fish fry, and we was just, you know, we really was on the street, and we all had on our little shirts, and people just stopped and just, you know, who are you guys? What are you doing? And it was just that sense of unity that folks are looking for. And so when they saw us and we was proud to on our backs saying Resident Association of Greater Inglewood, um, the young people was curious, and they wanted to know what is this, how can I be a part of this. So we definitely embracing the youth because we know that those are the ones who are really going to be here when I'm old sitting on my porch. So mm-hmm. <laughs> we got to bring right. them in a fold. All right. Now, you have had uh, at one of your uh, latest uh, roundtables a representative from the Chicago Metropolitan Area Planning a mm-hmm. a state agency representing the n- northeast part of Illinois, <laughs> Chicagoland area, which right. they are focusing on the year 2040. Yeah. How do rage interact with that um, to the point that the everyday issues today and then looking at the year 2040, how right. do you bridge that? Yeah, well, I know, you know, uh, you know, speaking of looking at 2040, we definitely got to take some steps now to even get to that plan. And so we do hope to partner or be at those tables as they discuss some of the plans for our community. Um, I know that they're working on a green and healthy initiative um, with Teamwork Inglewood as well as with LIST. And so we do hope that they will bring some residents in the photo of not going to push them to bring some residents into the fold. Um, I'm looking at a more um, immediate plan, like a 2015 plan. So um, I think eventually we'll start looking at the go to 2040, but right now we need something like in the next three to four years because we have been stagnant for the last, like, ten years. And, you know, it's no development has been happening. It's more houses just being knocked down. So I know if the plan happened, I just want to make sure that our voices is heard in the process. So when you're looking at the year uh, 2015, uh, mm-hmm. do you have a a vision of what should the community be able to see within right. the next three years? Yeah, I would think um, additional um, retail opportunities, um, some spaces, like you said, like the cafes, the, the art galleries, some just some gathering spaces. I also see additional businesses, um, black-owned businesses coming into the community. Um, we do have enough churches, and we have um, plenty of barbershops and hair salons, so I would think we would want to go another route, maybe some ice cream shops, like you said, the art gallery, um, just something more different. Um, we need youth centers. I mean, we have a few here, but it would be nice if we have just like kind of peace zones throughout the community um, and just real safe spaces and, and that we could just kind of gather and have these kind of dialogues or conversations and and a place where people are exchanging business ideas and, you know, really some entrepreneurship opportunities here. So, but, I mean, I just see a, a few things, a technical institute. Uh, one of the members of RAGE is really um, want to push for, like, a Dawson Tech to be here so that we can get these youth trained and they can go out and maybe work on some of these abandoned buildings that we have or abandoned houses that we have through the community. Um, some mixed um, housing 
you know, options. So I, mean, I see a lot of different things. Maybe the produce store, we, we really lack produce here. And so um, we really need, like, just a nice little produce store <laughs> built up, you know, that we could just go quickly, grab some fresh fruit. And, and, and so I, I envision a few things. Now, the – uh, one of those clouds over Inglewood was the and is the crime uh, uh, segment. How do uh, how is that being addressed? Well, I think it is as you as you know, uh, it's tons of agencies within the community. So a lot of them are focused on anti-violence, as, and I put that in quotes. Initiatives. Uh, I, we really are not focused on that because. We rather create and promote peaceful spaces. So we know if we create opportunities and, and peaceful spaces that we don't have to focus on anti-violent initiatives. If we have a peace zone, a youth center, or if we have a tech center that people could come and learn some trades, or if we have contractors working with the youth to show them ways to rehab some of these houses, we will not have to be that concerned about the violence within the community. Um, I'm pretty sure it won't stop, but I think if we have more opportunities where people are engaged and youth are engaged, I don't think I think it'll at least be uh, lessened, uh, at least decreased. But well, they have you know, tons of programs that are focusing on anti-violence initiatives. Right. Well, Inglewood was known for the. Who? How could I put it? I guess I got to be real blunt about it. <laughs> Known for the uh, uh, peace marches, the, yeah. uh, stop the violence marches. Right. It seems as though <laughs> Inglewood have a stop the violence march almost every mm-hmm. week. Yeah, uh, I right. do uh, share your sentiments. If though, and, and, and again, if you <laughs> you have all these churches, what's the churches? Yeah. Well, I guess I don't know people. Going to the churches that you need all these uh, 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 stop the violence uh, right. marches, you know. Well, so, well, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I was just gonna say. Well, most of the churches, most of the churches in Inglewood, the members do not live in the community. That's that's one issue that we face. Um, number two, they're closed throughout the week, and so and, and just open on Sundays, and maybe a Bible study on a Wednesday. So I always, my philosophy has always been if, if even half of the churches that are in the community was to open, you know, to the to the community in terms of um, programming or in terms of being a safe space, I think that could eliminate a lot of the violence that we have happening here. Mm-hmm. So do you think that the uh, ministers of some of those churches kind of realize that uh, that same type of plight of their role yeah. or lack of role. Uh, um, they have to. I mean, I, I, it's no way that they they cannot. I mean, it is some really genuine pastors in the community who give back and who are genuine about helping the community develop. Um, and 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 I we are working with those pastors. They know, they have identified us as a group that they want to work with, so we are working with them. But they also deal with the fact that there is some pastors here who, honestly, this is their business. This is not about the community. This was a place that they can get a tax-free 
exemption and buy a whole bunch of lots and and had no intention on uplifting the community. So, unfortunately, that's the reality here. And how do you kind of shape that where that is not the majority of the churches here is what we want to focus on and put some pressure on them. I mean, I mean it's all these schools. The majority of our schools are on probation. You know, they can adopt the classroom. They can open up their center for a couple of hours after school. I mean, it, it is ways and tangible solutions that do not require funding from the government that we can stimulate our economy and really combat a lot of the, the issues that we face in our community. Now, you tonight you also have a a, a phone conference among yeah. <laughs> the members of um, uh, of Rage. Right. Uh, and I know we have to let you go to take care of that. So yeah. what is to take place tonight on this yeah. phone conference that you all having? So we we have a few, you know, hot, hot topics that RAGE is really focused on at this time. Uh, redistricting is one, um, housing, economics, and, um, t- and TIF, the TIF district is another issue. And then, of course, education and youth um, development. Those are like our three top issues right now. So our economic development, housing, and TIF work group is meeting tonight to talk about um, really how to build these coalitions to develop a greater Inglewood plan, similar to what Bronzeville did with the Bronzeville Alliance, where they, you know, had a plan, built a plan, and now going into the implementation. So, you know, we really want to start talking about that and how to build this coalition and even hopefully submit something to Ron Emanuel or our elected officials to talk about the transparency with the TIFs and how that can help, we hope, help develop some of the the, um, the space here because we have several TIF districts within Inglewood, but these are not these sources or resources are not being allocated correctly. So mm-hmm. we're gonna have that kind of conversation tonight. Well, you be sure to uh, bring <laughs> to their attention this evening the conversation that I've had with. Uh, the member of, uh, of I, I guess, uh, Mike got to become a member of Rage yeah. as well as he's developing that property on 69th and Green, right. where it is a go that mm-hmm. we are going to be uh, uh, working with Philip and his cafe, and we're going to have an art gallery, and we're going to have a book sh- uh, shop, uh, bookstore mm. similar to with the services, something like a, a Kinko operation. Yeah, we so, need that too. Yeah, right. that so was one of the things sure on our to, wish list. Yeah, where well, that wish list is getting ready to materialize <laughs> right there on 69th and Green. Oh, you and are so, re very, very wide right yeah, now. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that's, on, that's on the agenda as well okay. as on the agenda of what our plans are looking at is 69th and uh, racing. Uh, mm-hmm. So we're moving forward, and I want you to definitely uh, bring that to the attention of the rage. Yes. I'm pretty sure Philip will be excited as we are moving forward yes. as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. So in closing, knowing that you have to get to that phone uh, conference that mm-hmm. you have, do you have any uh, uh, closing remarks? Um, yeah, I just um anyone who wanna support us in our efforts or want to hear more about Rage to visit our website at www.rageinglewood.org. dot org. Um 
and or they could go on Facebook and visit us on Facebook. If they would like to contact us, if they're not on the computer and just want to call us, they can call us at 866-845-1032. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I want to thank you for being with us this evening. Uh thank you. Matter of fact, if you all are not doing anything next Thursday, uh, will be our last public uh, gathering here on 35th Street where okay. we're going to be filming a documentary with the uh, oh. Black Eye Project um, celebrating the fourth year of Black Wall Street and mm-hmm. uh, saying goodbye to our office on uh, 35th Street uh, looking at moving on 69th Street wow. and racing. Okay, okay, that's good. So that's kind of a celebration for us. I know it's a bittersweet probably thing going on with you guys being there for so long, but um, I'm looking forward to you guys coming right here in the heart of Inglewood. Uh, It's going to be our focus and agenda and feel very proud with an organization like RAGE Um, because, you know, some people just going to gravitize to you all just by that name, you know. Yeah, we we noticed that. You know, people, the first thing, a lot of the seniors, you know, that's the first thing they say, I got a rage. I am enraged. <laughs> I mean, they they are, they do. They they instantly say that. And then we're like, okay, well, we're the resident association of Greater you know. But um, but we want that passion and um, the, and that, and that, and that that strive to help build this community because we're going to need that to really transform this. I mean, we are dealing with um, a, a very, a very big project. And so anybody who works in Inglewood know that once you start really working to, 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 to transform this place, you got to really raise up your sleeves and be ready to go. So um, we want them to experience that raise, not in a violent way, but definitely in a passionate way to um, uplift this community. Right, yeah, so we don't want no misperceptions like people have yeah. about Malcolm X, you know. You think right. Malcolm X was just about rage, but he definitely had a plan of implementation. And watch out that you don't, uh, they don't catch you like they caught Malcolm X, okay? Yeah, no, they won't. <laughs> they, they All won't, right, they so, uh, Sonia, <laughs> how are we looking? We're looking great. Ms. Butler, we want to thank yeah. you for joining us, and we're certainly going to have you back again for the whole two hours the next time, okay? Oh, yes, definitely. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Okay, you have, a good, have a good one. All right, you too. Bye-bye. You're listening to Black Wall Street USA with host Ron Carter, chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago. This is Sonia Purdue, founder of CBBN on Blog Talk Radio. This is what we're going to do, Chairman. We're going to go to a break. We'll come back with some housekeeping. Our second guest is on the line, and we want to thank him for his patience, and we'll be right back with you in a few minutes. All roads lead to Gary, Indiana, for the second annual Black Wall Street USA National Convention, October 21st through October 23rd at the Genesis Convention Center in downtown Gary, Indiana. Join us in our efforts to make Black Wall Street districts in the U.S. vital, clean, safe, and attractive business districts for employers, the community, and visitors. Listen to Black Wall Street USA Radio each Thursday night at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time on our national website. Our theme this year is Make Me a World. To register, visit www.blackwallstreetdistrict.com. That's blackwallstreetdistrict.com. Join us today and touch the world.
But the reason for all this energy is because I feed off the power of faith, optimism, and positivity. And in case you didn't know it, the fun has started. And all efforts to maintain it cannot be done half-hearted. Now recognize, they say time flies when you're having fun. But I say, the more time you got for fun, the less time flies. The sun is rising, the birds are starting to sing. The flowers are blossoming, oh, something great is happening. And I'm feeling good, my mind made up, ain't nothing going to And why I appreciate every breath It's because I'm surrounded by a lot of love and respect Plus I realize the more we appreciate The more we get back And that's not theory, it's fact But you want to know the real reason Why I'm just grinning and cheesing It's simply because I'm still breathing The sun is rising The birds are starting to sing the flowers are blossoming, oh, something great is happening, and I'm feeling good. My mind made up, ain't nothing going to stop me from feeling this way. I'm feeling good, ain't nothing wrong with a good thing, and I'm making history on this day. I'm feeling good, I've been rewarded with so much now that I've learned to appreciate. And I'm feeling good, a great day to be alive with this life never felt so great. But the real reason I'm excited it's because I recognize negativity and know exactly how to fight it. Plus, it's by my conscience in which I am guided. I am way too blessed to be stressed. For me, nothing is impossible. I am too reluctant to succumb to the pressures of worldly obstacles. The sun is rising, the birds are starting to sing. The flowers are blossoming, oh, something great is happening, and I'm feeling good. My mind made up, ain't nothing going to stop me from feeling this way. I'm feeling good, ain't nothing wrong with a good thing, and I'm making history on this day. I'm feeling good, I've been rewarded with so much now that I've learned to appreciate. I'm feeling good, a great day to be alive with this life, never felt so great. You're listening to Black Wall Street USA on Blog Talk Radio. I'm Sonya Purdue, founder of CBBN and your co-host for this evening's show. Our host is Mr. Ron Carter, chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago and publisher and editor of the South Street Journal. Our first guest this evening was Asia Butler of RAGE, Residents Association of Greater Inglewood, which is a newly formed resident-driven association. And as she shared with us, only six months old. You go, girl, you go. And uh, later, 
Mr. Henry Johnson will be joining us, an oil and gas consultant for more than 40 years, and he's going to tie us in with the true history of Tulsa, Oklahoma, and how there was an oil connection there. Our caller number is 347-326-9477. Our caller number is 347-326-9477. Leave your company information and website links in the chat room. Uh, Self-guided, the first-time listeners in the chat room, he's asking about jobs. Go to Chicago's Black Business Network.com, check our employment group, and we have some information there, and we try and keep it updated. But if you have some information, you can also share that. We want to be sure that we reach out and thank our guests from last week. Reverend Edward Pickney from Benton Harbor, Michigan, joined us last week on Black Wall Street USA. And you've heard the saying that no one gives up power without a fight. Well, Benton Harbor is a wake-up call to America, and I think Benton Harbor may be awake now. America, don't let them catch you sleeping because you can see what can happen. We're going to stay on top of that story or uh, that nightmare, and we're going to keep you updated. You can listen to that show and all our shows in our archives at blogtalkradio.com slash CBBN. We are the official broadcast of Black Wall Street National, and hopefully uh, maybe the chairman, national chairman can join us next week and give us an update of what's going on on the national level. In the meantime, in between time, you can always visit BlackWallStreetDistrict.com for uh, more information. You can also hit our link right there on the main page, BlackWallStreetDistrict.com. For those of you who joined us late, you may also listen to this show, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. every Saturday morning on WJPCChicago.com. But you can join us right here every Thursday evening, 7 to 9 p.m., and be a part of sustaining and increasing black businesses across the country. If you'd like to be a guest, give me a call, 312-239-8835. The show has a national focus. We're reaching out across the nation. Our call-in number is 347-326-9477. Let's bring the chairman back on the air before we, before we go to our guest. Welcome back to the show, Ron. Thank you, Sonia. Yes, that was very enlightening with the uh, organizations such as RAGE that has uh, sprouted like a beautiful flower, not necessarily with the uh, clinch fence that's scaring everyone, but definitely have a impact of development in which a lot of the residents of the Inglewood was looking for something New and they definitely attached on to rage. And not to take anything away from the organizations that are already there, but sometimes, you know, you need a, a breath of fresh air. You need some new input. You need some different input. Um, yes, it is. It is taking something away from them. Well, go ahead. Well, no, maybe it's adding something to them. Uh, maybe a better example needs to be taken. Maybe some new creativity needs to be brought mm-hmm. forth. Maybe some better... <laughs> be nice maybe, all you want to. Maybe some more energy, some more input, some different input. It's working, Oh, so you're right. just it's, gelling up, making it sound better than how I put it. Is that it? <laughs> I, th- I think that sometimes... Uh, this is how I look at that. It'll make them step up to their game because the question will be, what have you done for me lately? So step mm-hmm. up to your game. That's how that goes. And uh, as far as the church organizations out there, it needs to be said. 
and they're saying it. Step up to your game. That's all. That's all that I see. You know, people are kind of competitive. Uh, not only are sometimes are they envious and jealous, but sometimes they will. Uh, they'll step up to their game. That's what. That's what they'll do. Um, let's talk about what's going on uh, Thursday. Thursday. You're talking about regarding Malcolm X? A dialogue with Malcolm X. What is that, Ron? Well, it's just, you know, what we do uh, normally with uh, South Street Journal, we have a Q&A. And when we do this, we have a Q&A with different uh, uh, leaders that have passed. And as they have passed, we take some of their quotes, we take some of their uh, speeches, and we turn them into answers related to questions of today. So, uh, and it's surprising that their answers, based on the past, have a major reflection on what's happening today. And so that is that dialogue. Uh, so people, we're going to take some of their uh, Malcolm X uh, comments, and then we're going to dialogue about it. Uh, when Malcolm used a famous quote, by any means necessary, how do we apply that today? When he said, ballot or the bullet, how do we uh, apply his answer to uh asking the question, ballot of the bullets. Uh, when he used the, uh, 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 the comment, uh, those old Uncle Toms, how do we apply that uh, today? So that's that dialogue with uh, Malcolm X next Thursday. And uh, it just so happens that Black Wall Street was uh, born on May 19th, 2007, on Malcolm X's uh, birthday. So it is our honor and our gratitude to uh, pay a homage to Malcolm X, uh, working with the Black Eyes Project, where they're doing a documentary on the state of uh, black America. Uh, they're going around the country, and they're doing um, filming, and this uh, event next Thursday is going to be part of that filming. And also, it's going to be our last hurrah for, so uh, so far right here on 35th Street. So there's maybe about a uh, three type of uh, focuses on next Thursday right here at 449 East 35th Street. You listen to Black Wall Street USA. I'm Sonya Purdue. Our host is Ron Carter, chairman of Black Wall Street. Is it a full moon out today, Ron? Because I think my guest has had a technical. My second guest has had a technical difficulty as well. Um, but I'm going to wait for them to sign back in. Now, it's still uh, sunshine. I mean, we still got sun here in Chicago. It's kind of getting cloudy, but no, I do not see no full moon. <laughs> well, something's going on here. Something's going on here, but we're going to keep on going. Um, want to talk about a few other events that are coming up. Of course, we know the National Convention is coming up, and we'll we'll come back to that. Now, um, tonight, there's something going on in Bronzeville. Preserving Heritage Entertainment 
Bronzeville and 51st Street. Sandra Bivens, who's the chair of Black Wall Street Chicago, the 51st District, and who is also the executive director of the 51st Street Business Association, they're having an event, and they have that every Thursday, well, in May, uh, Thursday evenings, 5 p.m. In June, it's the first Thursday. And uh, mm-hmm. where are you gonna be? Where are you gonna be tonight, Chairman? You know, as soon as we get off the air, I'm gonna take myself down the street. We're on 35th Street. They're on 51st Street, and I'm going to join the the jazz uh, uh, atmosphere. And Sandra Bivens is gonna be one of those uh, entertainers that will be singing. So yes, I'm going to be in the house. Uh, I'm gonna step in there and peek my head in and, and, and relax some. Uh, matter of fact, I don't think I relaxed. And, whoa, oh, I take that back. See, I was relaxing last uh, Friday at Rage when they was hanging out at the club on uh, 69th and uh, Morgan. So I guess I am kind of getting out there a little bit more than, you know, I think it's been months, but Seems like I'm in a nightlife just about every week now. Huh? Where have you been? Are you going? Have you been nightlifing? No, I haven't been nightlifing. <laughs> I need the nightlife. But tonight at the Brown Derby Jazz Review, that's 5108 South Prairie in Chicago, free parking directly across the street. The CTA Green Line goes right there. Uh, and Sandra Bivens will be singing. Wow. There's going to yeah. be a jazz song stylist. You know, I learn something every day. I didn't know June Northley was a singer. I learned that Neither last week. Neither did I. Oh, you did? That's, no. With her oh. quiet self. Now, I heard that someone was sitting back here telling me that she used to be in a singing group. Yeah. I know she's an actress. But I didn't know she was a singer. We had to get some more. I did not know that neither that she was an actress. Oh, you now why do you get all this information? And I'm the newspaper man. I'm Chicago's Black Business Network. (laughs) (laughs) I'm supposed to know what's going on in in Chicago. I'm supposed to know. People, people send me info. I read my email. <laughs> I better I better start uh, reading up on my membership in Chicago's Black Business Network. So I need to be a little bit more in the know, huh? Is that what That's it right. is? I'm not on, on, on my network like I should be. No, you're not. No, you're okay. not. But maybe I'm now on, that you I'm maybe on. now that you're getting out more, maybe you I, will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So well, I'm going what... to be looking at my page on Chicago's Black Network more often so I can be more in the know than you. Okay, I got to catch up. That's right. So you don't know that's why I brought you that uh, booklet from, uh, what is that, Museum of Contemporary Arts. You didn't know that was a hint, did you? <laughs> Sometimes, you know, you might be right when you say I don't listen to you. You might be right. You didn't know Sometimes that was a hint, I might did ignore you? you, but I think I'll be listening to you. <laughs> that that was a hint. That was a hint. But uh, to, that's tonight over at Fifty uh, First and Prairie. Going to talk about a, a couple of other events that uh, I personally have coming up. Now uh, I have a book discussion, and let me get my my dates for all of those who don't know, which I'm trying to tell everybody in the whole world. Uh, I do have my first book, and that's uh, Black America Asking Ourselves 
the tough questions. And on Monday, that will be Monday, May 23rd, I'll be over at the Avalon Branch Library. We're going to have a book discussion, and it's not my first. I've had some other ones, and they've gone quite well, and we want you to join us. We're going to find out if you can answer the tough questions. Mm. The book discussion will be at the Avalon Branch Library at 81st and Stony Island. Mm -hmm. And uh, Black America, Asking Ourselves the Tough Questions, book one is a five-part question and answer series where we will travel the country asking black America the tough questions. My vision for the 2014 publication is Black America, Our Questions Answered. Mm. Now, that's going to be May 23rd, 5.30 p.m. to 7 p.m. at the Avalon Branch Library. That is a free event, and we want you to be sure that you come out and join us. We did have a job fair last month. In April, and we are scheduling another one with ETS events, and that is a CBBN member. That's going to be June 22nd. We're going back to Fernwood United Methodist Church at 157 South Wallace, and we want to thank Reverend Dr. Albert Sampson for his support and for the use of his venue. So as we draw near to that date, we're going to have more information for you, and we're hoping that uh, any employers or um any job information that you have, that you will certainly come over to Chicago's Black Business Network dot com and share that that with us. We're looking forward to being a part of that. In Cobra, um, who is hosting their twenty second annual national convention? You think Black Wall Street is going to make the twenty twenty two uh, national conventions run? You know what? Uh, I believe I'm supposed to be on that program. I believe you are one of the keynote speakers for the 22nd <laughs> Annual National Conference. Toshi doesn't listen to me. 22nd <laughs> Annual National Conference at Sixth Grace Presbyterian Church located at 600 East 35th Street. Put it on your calendar, Ron. Yeah, I think That's, I better, huh? Yeah, yeah I, okay. I, I guess yeah. so. <laughs> when is it now? That's, that's going to be the weekend of June 24th. Through the okay, I got time. Oh, right. you, right. uh, yeah, you got time. Uh, yeah. You should contact Barbara Baker at 312-720-0648, 312-720-0648, or visit NCOBRA, that's the letter N for Nancy, org for more information. And they do have vendor tables available. Now, don't forget uh, to support our sponsors, which is WJPCChicago.com. WJPC Chicago, bless their hearts. They've invited Chicago's Black Business Network.com and its members in the Chicagoland community to join them in spreading good news that's coming out of our city. That includes event announcements, information on much-needed resources, and timely public service announcements. And I'm going to be the host for that segment. And we will be sharing, just like we're sharing right now, this type of information with you, including resources, uh, public services. But more than me sharing this information, we want you to bring the information to the table. We will air your free 
uh, PSAs. There are certain rules and guidelines that you need in order for us to air that PSA. There's standard guidelines. And you can always email me at Chicago, that's with an S, Chicago's Black Business Network, at gmail.com. And you can send uh, your script for your PSA to me, and we'll get that approved for you. One rule we are asking that you send us information that is three weeks out. Now, if you're charging for an event or service, that is not a free PSA. We're looking for public services, information, and resources that uh, our community can certainly, certainly use. not saying we want errors for you, but it's free if it's a free service or event, okay? Also, uh, Chicago's Black Business Network.com will be hosting our own conference call on Wednesday, May 25th at noon Central Standard Time. Networking and events and conferences like this are just some of the services that we offer our members. You'll find this event posted on our website and on Facebook. Were you born to network? Then uh, this is where you should be, Wednesday, May 25th. We're inviting all of you, all of our Facebook friends and CBBN to connect. We do have a rule for that. We want your best elevator pitch, 30 seconds to two minutes long. So, we want you within that 30 seconds to two minutes to sell us your services or your products. Tell us why we should be picking up the phone and calling you. What is an elevator pitch? It's just a short, and the key word here is short, overview of products, services, or project. At the end of that pitch, the listeners should know and understand exactly what you're offering and they should know how to connect with you and how to contact you. So if you look on our uh, Facebook page and if you look on our CBBN page, you're going to find the dialing number and the access code, and we look forward to you being with us on May 25th. That's on a Wednesday. And uh, CBBN is just getting started. We have some more things in, in the work. And uh, it's probably why I'm not partying tonight. We have working. We have some more things in the work. So we want you to come over and join us and be a part of all that we do. Let's talk about the national convention, Ron. What's going on with Black Wall Street? Well, we are definitely have a full agenda here in Chicago. Uh, again, when we first started off, we were at uh, one Black Wall Street district or 75th Street. And as uh, the earlier part of this here program, the Inglewood area has uh, identified two Black Wall Street districts. So from um, approximately about 90, I'm sorry, uh, 2008 to this present day of 2011, Black Wall Street has uh, 17 Black Wall Street districts. Now, that is a heck of a position. It's almost like uh, when rage, people look at those T-shirts and say, hey, I'm rage. I want to be a part of it. So Black Wall Street is getting that same type of uh, uh, sentiments where people, uh, organizations, communities, and saying, hey, I want to be a Black Wall Street as well. And so we are uh, moving, securing our base with our Black Wall Street districts, uh, along with the districts that are around the country. So, and our focus is Gary, Indiana, for the purpose of not only historical 
that Gary, Indiana was the first uh, black convention, uh, 1971 or 1972, is when the, the first black convention was held where it drew people from all over the country. So we are looking at Gary because it's uh, a matter of if we don't build Gary, somebody else will. And upon somebody else will, we'll turn around just like uh, Malcolm X used the term. Uh, we're going to look at developing businesses. It's going to be too late. And it's going to be too late because other folks are going to be controlling the economics of our community, in which to a greater extent that is what what has happened. So it's not just what happened in Gary. It's, it's, it's a reflection of all over the country, from uh, Chicago to Harlem in New York to even as big as uh, – uh, Atlanta is with all the the riches of Atlanta to even uh Ben uh uh Benton Harbor, Michigan, where we are looking at moving our interest there to San Diego, uh to uh uh Baton Rouge. Uh so we're coming all together on this agenda of black Wall Street districts. And we, uh, our uh, national chairman, Michael Carter, is leading the, the direction for us to have this, this conference and focusing in on our shared vision around the country in the spirit of Black Wall Street of Tulsa, Oklahoma, taking in uh, real uh, consideration that there was many Tulsa, Oklahomas around the uh, the country. Even here in Chicago, we didn't call it the black. Matter of fact, I take that back. Here in Chicago, there's a monument on a corner of 35th and State Street that State Street from 18th Street to 55th Street was a black Wall Street district. So all of us around the country have the same sentiments that we do have to start building our economic base. And as uh, Ms. Butler stated in our uh, earlier broadcast, that once we do that, we won't be have to have all these uh, uh, stop the violent marches. We can do what um, our um, web ever says uh, is having these marching our dollars opposed to marching saying stop the violence, then we have a reason where we would not have all this uh, violence. So it's not just a matter of our districts, but we're also talking about um, communications all the way to the White House. One of our uh, our vice president, vice chairman of Black Wall Street, uh, Cheryl Calvin, is in dialogue with the White House right now based on government oversight on this stimulus money, on these uh, government-funded programs that can and should have been benefiting low income. Uh, so sometimes uh, money coming to the community that's embarked around this country uh, in the disguise of empowerment zone, in disguise of TIF zones, in disguise of enterprise zones for low and depressed community, 
but other folks take advantage of it. So that's a reflection around the country, and uh, we want to make sure that our unified efforts is connecting the dots from all of the black Wall Street districts around the country have a focus. Uh, So I look forward to it, and this definitely will be the second national uh, convention for Black Wall Street USA. The first one was here in Chicago, and so the next one is right next door to Chicago, and maybe the third one will go to Benton Harbor. I don't know, you know, but we definitely are uh, building our base and identifying the direction where black America need to go as far as economics. You listen to Black Wall Street USA with our host, Chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago, Ron Carter. I'm voting for Bidden Harbor. Wow. Let's get that. Oh started. yeah. That's oh, gonna yeah. be something. That's gonna I mean that will get really that be something. That's right. Yes, it will. And I'm song your Purdue founder of CBBM. We're going to go to a short break here. We're going to search the country for our second guest, and we'll be right back with more Black Wall Street USA.
You're listening to Black Wall Street USA on Blog Talk Radio. I'm Sonia Cassandra Purdue, founder of CBBN and your co-host for this evening's show. Our host is Mr. Ron Carter, chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago and publisher and editor of the South Street Journal. Join us every Thursday evening right here for Black Wall Street USA. We're here from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Thursday evenings, and we want you to be with us on Thursdays to be a part of sustaining and increasing black businesses across the country. If you're interested in being a guest on an upcoming show, give me a call, 312-239-8835. Ron Carter's direct number is 312-624-8351. You may also listen to a rebroadcast of this show at WJDC's Chicago. That's Saturday mornings from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. That's WJPCChicago.com. Let's welcome the chairman back on the air. Ron, welcome back to the show. I think our our guest has lost his face out there. But before we – yeah, well, I guess that happens. It hasn't happened to me before, but, hey, (laughs) it's something new, but that's okay. I want to go back to one thing here. Um, In the chat room, Planky, I think I'm saying that right, P-L-A-N-K-I, statement and comment is blacks need to be blacks need to have a serious conversation about not only the business they are proposing to do but about what they are already doing and we're hoping that we're doing part of that on black wall street usa our show does have a national focus and we do try and reach out to the communities and talk to them about what works what are they doing out there that works he has some statistics out there for us according to the latest U.S. Census survey of black businesses for blacks when compared to whites, Indians, Hispanics, Asians, we do the we do worse than our peers. Well, we know that of the 1.9 million black businesses, there is 87 uh, percent gross. Oh my goodness, 87 percent of all black businesses gross less than 50,000 per year. Wow. Blacks with forty with the forty million population, one point nine million I'm reading his writing. One point nine million business gross over hundred thirty six billion Asians with a fifteen million population has a business growth of five hundred and eight billion. Oh, I get what he's saying. With our population of blacks in the USA we're grossing about $136 billion. With Asians, their population of $15 million, they're grossing $508 billion. Hispanics with a $45 million population are grossing approximately $350 billion yearly. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm looking at that uh, from the uh, the chat line, and I see those numbers that he is uh, he's held there, and which uh, there is a, uh, a a very high concern uh, based on those uh, figures. I always have to go back to one uh, uh, maybe about a year now that we had Guy Williams on the program. And um, he indicated that Black's net worth uh, is uh, $16 assets compared to uh, Caucasians, which is $87 assets. And he 
do not see the light on how that gap can can close. Well, we have a, uh, I think that with the, the frustrations, you know, that we have from um, our economics to our the crime to our education, I was in a conversation with uh, someone just yesterday, and we were talking about the frustrations and the comparison of the economics of blacks compared to others. Even um, if I can, as I stated in our earlier part of the show, Malcolm X, um, not only with him, but with uh, Brooker, uh, Brooker T. Washington, with Marcus Garvey, with uh, Elijah Muhammad, even with uh, Dr. Martin Luther King, as the ending of close to coming to the ending of his life, he made the scenario that we have to start looking at the economics. And then, as uh, Malcolm X used the term, if we do not look at establishing and developing these businesses in our own neighborhood, we're going to turn around one day and realize it's going to be too late. So these uh, directions from our leaders have been brought to our attention way, you know, even to the point of right after the Black Wall Street of 1921. Uh, I believe we do have a different history of the new Jim Crow, uh, the new Jim Crow of the prison industry. Uh, We still have the Willie Lynch uh, mentality that we have to uh, go and deal with. So, but maybe if one of our callers can uh, come in and make uh, some comments on this as well. You listen to Black Wall Street USA. We're going to the caller from area code three one four. Welcome to Black Wall Street USA. You're on the air. How are you all tonight? This is uh, Pianchi. How you doing, sir? Uh, yeah, you definitely laid out some numbers to us. So as I was trying to indicate the where, where are you calling from? I'm calling from the Midwest. I'm, I'm calling from the part? St. Louis area. Okay. Okay. So how do you uh, account for those numbers that you uh, put out there? Well, the numbers was put out by the United States Census Bureau, and actually mm-hmm. it's 2000. The latest that they have out is two two oh seven. Followed 202 in that, and they should have had one out more recent than uh, 207, but for some reason they don't. But those numbers are very, very sad. And, you know, the biggest problem is not racist. Blacks in America, and problem is that of what we call white supremacy, and that is, is that someone else wants to control all of your consumptive habits and we don't control that which we consume and that creates a heck of a problem. Our big problem that we don't have access, we, we have not been able to uh, manage the ability to access the wealth that the United States have to offer. 
Why would you say that is so, though? What What would you say the main reason that that have not, uh, well, what we use and now in uh, Chicago is the term of parity? Well, the reason why is because we never have a plan for that. We had social plans, but we didn't have no economic plan. You know, racism, when you and I was coming up, was not a social issue. It was an economic issue. We had all the social that we need. We had our own dance, had our own food. We had our own style of clothes, our own music. The only thing we didn't have was access to being able to do the things that increased our wealth. But now that we have the laws behind us, we're not testing those laws. We're not uh, controlling the economy within our own community. Uh, a big city in Chicago is one thing, but when you have blacks that's living in suburban areas where the community is all black and you got uh, blacks only making up 10 percent of the five districts and you got blacks only you know controlling the middle school amount of the businesses and especially those things that we consume every day that is totally that's uh that's what i call economic terrorism mm-hmm. now are you familiar with uh, black wall street i'm familiar with not only them but i'm familiar with some of them we had a lot of cities that we Control the economy in Woodworth, California was one. You had one there in North Carolina, in uh, Perryville, North Carolina, which is right there on the Tar River, and you had several others. But through uh, systematic efforts, you know, things were put in place in order to circumvent our ability to maintain. You know, something as simple as not having exits off of major highways when the highway systems was brought through during the 1950s. So uh, now, take for one example is the uh, the beauty care uh, products, uh, where there is an organization. I cannot. It's a black beauty organization. I uh, 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 or something to that nature, and they were to address the uh, the beauty care industry. Because at one time it was the proud lady where blacks owned a lot of the uh, hair products. But a lot of the Korean came in and controlled the distribution in the warehousing where they actually did not uh, uh, sell to black beauty suppliers. And in return... Uh, they have uh, took over that industry, and there was a concern in the the, the funeral home industry where other groups were coming in to uh, deal with that uh, part as well. Do you contribute? Uh, I think that that has a reflection on the, the control of it. Um, so um, how, how do you – is that – is it about dollars, or is it about racism, or is it taking advantage of the dollars using race? Well, ethnic groups are going to take care of themselves. You know, there's a couple of things that went on as far as the hair care products, you know, that that develop out on the West Coast. One, your government entered into a treaty with South Korea that made the possibility where they was able to do what they did happen. And secondly... Koreans was manufacturing, Chinese was manufacturing those products, and they are not going to give outsiders what's called family prices. So mm-hmm. once they get a foothold, you're not going to be able to buy those products from them, whereas you can, can compete with them. 
it's all about competition. It has nothing to do with about I like you, I love you, and all that stuff. When you really analyze it and look at it for what it is, it's about competition. You see that going on in the schools. Our children are not taught to compete against, you know, white children, and whites are not going to teach our children to compete against theirs. So how do you uh, look at, we we are talking about the symptoms of the problem. Uh, Do you see a direction of turning this around, or is there an example of something you know of that can turn this here uh, dilemma around? Well, you know, you're talking about products like hair care products. African Americans would need to, I think, need to open up manufacturing of those products in West Africa where you have a very... Uh, labor that's very and West, conducive. Why, you say West Africa. Why West Africa? Well, you got a you got a birthright there for one thing. You you carry a, uh, a trump card that we don't use. It's conducive for doing business. You know, it, it has tropical weather all year long. If you did have manufacturing going there, you wouldn't have to uh, include in your costs the money to heat a facility like you do in Korea, so that there puts you ahead. You got well, other I can't of admit that we had a meeting with uh, Congressman Bobby Rush um, uh, people last week, and as you mentioned, um, Africa as a wholesale distribution point, this here is an agenda that uh, Congressman Bobby Rush is uh, barking upon uh, for the United States, are you? And uh, uh, you said West Africa. I'm not for sure what part of Africa that he's bringing his attention to, but you're looking at the birthright of West Africa. Um, is there any other geographical area of Africa, or you just pinpoint West opposed to any well, other West part? Africa, West Africa, because I know that better than I do, for instance, South Africa. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the things that's not there in West Africa is in East Africa. But I wouldn't utilize the government to establish those things. What you need is, is, to, is to form cartels. You remember the old J.R. Ewan on Dallas? Correct. You remember Falcon Correct. Crest? You remember how J.R. Ewan and his family would come around, come down to breakfast and sit around the breakfast table, and they would plot, scheme, and plan on what oil wells they were going to take over and so mm-hmm. forth? Well, we, we need to form cartels like that and get involved in those type of adventures. And another thing, what you've been talking about is nationalism to a certain extent, and that's something that has to be taught in the schools to the children. You cannot expect for a child. <laughs> well, you know that that is, uh, I, I agree with you, um, and uh, I guess that's a matter of, uh, uh, matter of fact, I'm gonna have to bark on that myself because I do agree with you. And but that is a hard. How do we? I guess we just do it. <laughs> you just gotta do it, brother. That's all you know. You know, and I know because right. nowhere in the world you can expect for a person once they get grown to happenstance and do the right thing. That has to be instilled, ingrained in them that you're supposed to spend money here first before you spend money there. And every other ethnic group do the same thing. And I, we don't even have to talk about that. Uh, well, you know what I'm going to do then? Uh, I'm going to actually take that upon myself 
to, and I definitely understand nationalism is no different than uh, Chinatown. Uh, or by American. Know, right. It's, it's no different. And it's just that we got to establish that, you know, the nationalism, first thing you think of, you know, I guess when we coming up to next week on Malcolm X's birthday, um, uh, people was hard to understand what nationalism mean, maybe because the way Malcolm X expressed it. Uh, but it's no different than what you're saying about uh, the boys in, in Dallas and sitting around at the dinner table uh, talking about nationalism using different words. And you know what? What's your name, sir? Ron Carter. Mr. Carter, that's what talking white is. You understand? We've been talk, we've been we've been fooled into thinking that talking white has to do about speaking perfect English and using good diction. No, talking white is when you're sitting around talking about uh, leverage buyouts. Talking white is when you're sitting around talking about how much production your offshore oil well is doing this month. That's talking mm. white. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, um, are you familiar with the National Black Wall Street uh, and the different Black Wall Streets that's popping up around the uh, the nation? There's there's all sorts of movements, and I champion them on. But you know, I tell them you got to do these things right because we don't have, you know, we are in a very dry position as an ethnic group here in America, and we can't ill afford to make any more mistakes. Mm-hmm. Well, with that in mind, let me ask you uh, how you feel about our president as it relates to uh, economics and the black community. Uh, is he still a spook to sit by the door, or is he actually in control? Well, no, he's not in control. You can see the things that's going on on geopolitical uh, basis that he's not. But here's another thing. We have not learned as a people how to use politics. It's no re- it don't make any sense for politicians to go in and say they're going to do what's, what they feel in their heart is best for you. No, you're supposed to send politicians to that table and tell them what it is that you want to have done. And if they don't do it, then you need to send them, send them on by their merry way. Black business people should have an agenda for Obama to make happen. Just like any other business, just like Exxon, just like Shell. You know, why do you think these wars are going on around the world? It's not because of why they say they're going on. They're going on around the world so that they utilize the United States military to kick the doors in so that uh, Western multinational companies can have access to these markets. The same thing that General Perry said back when they was, uh, you know, jumping on Japan and what was then called the Orient. So if you don't have an agenda for your politician to make happen, then you at their mercy because, see, you never will be able to outspend those who's going to buy your politician out until, and really, blacks are getting the best politics for what their money is paying for. And you and I both know that we put very little into the coffers of the people that we elect that's supposed to be working in our best interest. So, uh, Sonia, you in this chat room talking about let's talk white. What you talking about? I'm talking about what he's talking about from St. Louis. Uh, they're talking about our language usage. I'm just 
talking about the economics. And that's what something that we should be talking about and should be taught. And we're and we're not. And we don't do that on a daily daily basis, talk finance in the house. In the household. Mm-hmm. That's what talking and see here's another thing, if we was doing I mean, you you see Chinese here and they have said it said they have said it they they'll be able to do the things that they're doing because they have a strong country that backs them up. You go through O'Hara, you go through Midway, you see the signage in the Chinese language. That's there is strength and power. China will place the United States down at least third on the world scene as far as economic powers, rightfully so. And see, here's the thing. I'm happy to see that because when a big dog falls and breaks up into small people, pieces, that permits the, the people who have been denied to pick up those pieces and be able to do something with it for themselves. If we was manufacturing in West Africa, we could use affirmative action to get shelf space on your Walmart, your Macy's, your Target. You could get shelf space by using affirmative action that way rather than going to them begging for jobs all the time. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, what are you doing in uh, St. Louis? What do you do there? Well, well, I'm retired now. I, I, I was. Uh, you don't sound like you're retired. Well, I was in a very lucrative business. I was in structure steel erection for 35 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did some work up in Chicago a long time ago. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's what, the, and I'm doing things over, getting ready to do some things over in, in one of the West African countries. But, uh, I mean, the opportunities are there. Uh, there's free land, beautiful land alongside of uh, freshwater lake, and for instance, in Ghana. Uh, there's the African Growth and Opportunity Act that uh, was placed in, in our favor, but other ethnic groups are utilizing it. Even the whole thing about reparations could be, you know, what, you know, one thing that I would like to see reparations that the, the goods that manufactured by black businesses in Africa, African American businesses in Africa, in partnership with Africans, can have access back into this country, duty and tariffs free, for a number period of years. That's a reparation issue. Mm-hmm. One thing we want to do is we want to want you to stay on the line with us. You listen to Black Wall Street USA, and we want to go to this other caller in area code three one two three one two. You on the air with Black Wall Street USA? You have a question or comment? Yes, I do. I love it when I hear something about reparations because I'm with the National Coalition of Blacks for Reparations, and we have a vision. And this, is this Barbara? Yes, I'm okay. Yes. And it sounds like I know that other speaker on, too, when he said something about Africa. One of the uh, gentlemen in our group said he was getting ready to do some business in Africa. Shabaki, but maybe that's not him. Yeah, he's uh, the other guy on the line. He's from uh, St. Louis. Oh, okay. No, uh, this gentleman is from another state. Okay. Well, I, I'm just so excited about the plans, Ron, and you are on the panel for the conference June 24th to 26th right here in Chicago okay, at well. East 35th Street and we want to talk about all the wonderful progress that's been made in our community mm-hmm. yes we're okay yeah so then as we're talking about uh, the the connection uh, with Africa as far as the uh, uh, business is concerned how does that reflect 
in, in, in COBRA regarding economics. We know reparation is with the quote-unquote term payback. But how does it actually relates to economics, and is there a African connection with Encobra? It is, Ron, and I was in Africa about two or three years ago, and we met with the Minister of Tourism. It was so interesting. And uh, if, I, if I can, Barbara, let me interrupt you for a minute. If you have your okay. websites up, area code 314 or Ron or Barbara, would you close your website because I'm hearing an echo in the back. Thank you. Oh, okay, okay. I don't know if that's my my uh, I'm, my computer is not on, though. No, my computer is not Mine is not on. either. Okay, I just turned mine off. <laughs> yeah, mine is not on. Okay, so what was that connection, Barbara? The connection was that we wanted to educate the people in Ghana about the importance of reparation, and uh, we uh, had a real nice conference at one of the universities there. I can't remember the name of the university now. I'm getting the feedback, too. Uh, and so what What we uh, – the, the economy – I don't know how to explain the economy, but it wasn't in top shape then. Most of the men uh, were driving cabs, and uh, many people couldn't come to our conference at the university because they couldn't afford to come, you know. But it was very successful in that we uh, reached uh, the population and let them know that uh, we are doing work here, and we are brothers across the waters, brothers and sisters across the water. And what I noticed about the Minister of Tourism is that he said, that the Chinese are coming in and taking over. He said their product, their sandals are cheaper and not as durable as the Africans there who have making theirs out of leather. So as a result, because of the economy, people were buying the Chinese products. So that that wasn't good news. That wasn't well, good news. Well, I always wondered why was the important um, in China, when Africa is actually closer to the United States. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. And uh, I noticed, too, when I was in Cameroon, uh, they were having a hard time exporting their merchandise. See, what happens is that our country, or somebody is putting a restriction on them exporting their things. So uh, well, I would think that that's uh, it's a big issue that we have to really push forth and fight on it because that's not just. Right. Well, Barbara, what we're going to do uh, is we get, uh, you know, we definitely going to work with Sonia. Well, we're going to have to have you, uh, a representative of Encobra, on, on our program, and we're going to have to talk about reparations as okay. it relates to the uh uh, uh, I guess the the business part of reparations, uh, comparing the business as reparations for other uh, groups such as Japan, such as the Indians, uh, such as other groups that have received uh, reparations, and what was the the economic uh, uh, drive 
for the United States to do that type of reparation and not here in the United States. So we're definitely going to uh, put you on the schedule uh, to make sure that you're on a guest definitely before our uh before the convention, you're going to have it. Happen. Okay, uh, okay. I'm writing that down. We want to compare how, what, what was the draw to uh, give Japan theirs? What was the draw to give India, you say? Well, it, reparations are, you know, as, as you well know, that other nationalities, other people have received reparations, but blacks have not. And I'm That's pretty true. sure that there's an economic uh, uh scope of that opposed to a racial scope of it, but then it may be racial opposed to economics. So we definitely want to talk about that and have you all in COBRA on the program to really address that and build up the convention that, uh, that's going to be happening in June. Oh, yes, I would love that. And uh, okay. as a matter of fact, I have uh, added another component to our conference about let's wrestle with a workable plan for re- reparation. You know, like somebody bring in something that they have researched and found out, well, if we do it this way, it's more likely to happen. Or someone who right. knows a country or a region or a nation that has received reparation, how did they? how were they successful? And so uh, okay. I, I'm, I'm right in tune with what you're saying, Ron, because we need to look at the people who have received it and what we need to do to receive it. Because, you know, when I first started in the reparation movement 11 years ago, we didn't have an apology. Now mm-hmm. we receive three apologies, and a lot of black people don't even know about it. All right. Okay. Well, look, we're getting closer to the end of our program. Uh okay. Definitely want to thank uh, our guests and uh, Sonia, you're going to have to reach out to Mr. Uh, Henry Johnson, the head that historical background of Tulsa, Oklahoma, as it relates to oil, and also his whole focus on the energy question. Absolutely. You listen to Black Wall Street. USA with Ron Carter, Chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago. I'm Sonia Cassandra Purdue, founder of CBBN, and I got my two minutes. We want to thank you for listening. Uh-huh. <laughs> we want to thank you for joining us this evening. Amidst all the technical difficulties, there was some good dialogue. Rage was our first guest. We want to thank Ms. Baker for being with us, and we're certainly going to have her back again. We have a lot to talk about. Uh, Cheryl Calvins, the vice chair, her name was mentioned. We're going to have Cheryl on the show. We have a hair show on the show because we she's out there and she's doing a lot of things. Also coming in to, uh, to co-host our own show uh, with Miss Arnita. We're going to talk about that. We're going to certainly give them our support. We want to thank Miss Baker for joining us. We want to thank our guests from the area code 314. And yes, we'll find out what happened to Mr. Henry Johnson and uh, have him back regarding the oil and uh, gas industry and how it relates to race uh, relates to black Americans and the African connection. want to remind you to join us right over here at 449 East 35th Street for a celebration of the fourth anniversary of Black Wall Street Chicago and uh, to celebrate the life and times of Malcolm X. Ron Carter will be hosting a dialogue with Malcolm X and it will be video recorded by the Black Eyes Project. We want to thank you for being with us this evening. Please join us right here every Thursday evening on Black Wall Street, USA. Have a great evening. Good night, all.